You're listening to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, brought to you by Phil Better Inc. If you want to take your podcast to the next level, make sure you book your free 15-minute call with Phil Better, the podcast mogul, at www.philbetterinc.com. Uh, welcome to the show. I am, of course, Phil Better. Today, I have the pleasure to interview Bruno. I'm probably going to destroy your last name, Signacchio? Signaco. Signaco. So, Bruno, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Um, I would just ask you, could you give uh, us a, just a quick, maybe 30-second uh, intro about who you are and uh, what you do? Thank you very much for your invite. You are very generous. I want to comment briefly about me. I'm a consultant, international speaker, and also a researcher on business topics. I'm a best-selling author. I publish different books uh, in different languages. My new book is titled The Art of Compassionate Business that was published in 2019 by Ruth Leach, and it's a best-selling book. And I really appreciate this invite. I'm, I'm very engaged with this conversation. Thank you. You're very welcome. So, Bruno... What is it specifically about compassionate business that you think pe more people should know about? This is a very important topic. I have been researching on the topic for many years, more than three years. Uh, what I observe that many companies tend to focus only on the bottom line. This means profit, what we call profitability or the key performance indicators such as market share, productivity. And this is important for business. You know why? Because business have to survive, they have to thrive. Key performance indicators are important, but what I observe that many companies dismiss the most relevant factor in business, which is relationships. We are talking about relationship with suppliers, relationship with employees, internal stakeholders, relationship with the community, relationship with other companies, for example, business partners. And why is so important? My research showed me that when you foster robust relationship with different stakeholders, these key performance indicators such as profitability, productivity, efficiency, tend to be achieved naturally. What, what we call this is, a, we call this approach the triple bottom line. You focus on profits, P for profits, but you focus on people caring for individual like employees, customers, suppliers, business partners, the community, and you also care for the planet. This means that you look for an impact that is economic impact, getting more profit, more market share, more sales, social impact, bringing about a positive impact to different stakeholders, internal, such as employees, and external, such as customers, suppliers, community, and also bringing about environmental impact, improving the, the world, being environmentally friendly, recycling, using renewable sources of energy. We call this the triple bottom line, and it's also called the three P model, focusing on profit, people, and the planet. And this is a much broader approach on business. Why? Because you are not focusing only on the economic aspects. And this makes a lot of sense because there are many uh, legendary management gurus, for example, St Stephen Covey, that observe that in business, Everything is interdependent. You cannot thrive in business on your own. You cannot thrive in business by yourself. Why? Because you need the support from suppliers. They need the support from customers, support of employees, support from the community. And when you help all these different stakeholders, 
when you support them, when you try, treat them in a caring, in a compassionate manner, when you try to look for the best for them, to try to cater for their needs, these stakeholders tend to reciprocate. They tend to support your company. And the opposite happened. There is a principle in social psychology called the principle of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. When you treat others in a compassionate way, in a caring way, in a supportive way, they tend to support you in return. Instead, when you treat them in a dismissive way, in an uncaring way, they tend to withdraw. They tend not to cooperate. For example, I observe companies that treat employees in a very disrespectful way. They don't pay well. They, they, for example, they made them overwork. They don't recognize their, their, their effort. And these employees tend to work by the book. They tend not to cooperate. And if possible, they try to switch from this company to other companies. Why? Because they don't feel appreciated. So caring for different stakeholders bring about economic results because economic results are created by people. The building brick of any business activity is the human being. When you care for the human being, all the economic results are achieved in an effortless way. I'm, I'm blown away because that is something that I've always, I, first of all, I've always felt that it's more important to look at the internal of the business and support your employees as someone who's always worked on the front line of businesses, customer facing and having to deal with the customers and not having the support from my management and that, and, and it shows that I sometimes didn't care about my job because if my management doesn't care about me, why should I care about helping? That is a, I agree completely. There is a saying that goes, if employees are happy, uh, consequently, customer will be happy. Why? Because when employees are happy, when employees are supported, when employees are acknowledged, respected, when employees are asked for their opinion about uh, different business problems, they are you are acknowledging their voice, these employees tend to serve customers in a better way. Why? Because they feel that their, their tasks are meaningful. They feel that they, they count, they can add value. And these employees will try to add value to customer in return. And this is a positive cycle. Instead, when employees are treated in a negative way, I don't want to use any four-letter word, but they're <laughs> treated in a very negative way, and many companies do so. You see this, for example, many companies recently in this challenging period are firing employees mercilessly, are making, making these employees overwork. They're not caring for employees' need. For example, in some cases, they have to get to care for their children at home. They have to work from home or they don't have some, some uh, much uh, flexible time. These employees don't feel that they're respected. They are not feeling cared for. And these employees cannot treat customers in the best way possible, cannot help customers decide the best product for them. And my, this employee might feel even pressurized. They might feel stressed. And we have read a lot of uh, research on the negative effects of uh, stress on the work environment. When employees are stressed, when employees feel that a lot of pressure, these employees cannot reason well. Stress affects the discerning skills. Employees cannot become creative, cannot become productive. And as a consequence, the, the turnover increases, the absenteeism increases, and employees feel in a, in a very uncomfortable situation. They feel that they are unsafe in some cases in the work environment. Instead, there is a lot of research that observe the fact that when the environment, the, the work environment is positive, uh, is compassionate, is caring, 
these employees tend to bring about much more productivity. They, they, they tend to deliver much better customer service. Customers are more satisfied. Absenteeism goes down. Uh, also turnovers go down, stress level go down, and all this impact positively on the bottom line. So being compassionate, being caring with people also bring about positive results. I want to highlight this because what I observe that many companies focus only on quantitative aspect of business. What do I mean quantitative aspect of business? What can be measured, what can be counted, such as market share, sales, profits, but there is another aspect of business that we call qualitative aspect of business, what cannot be measured, what cannot be counted. For example, camaraderie, support, empathy, compassion, eh, eh, loyalty, commitment. And the there is a very aspect human, human aspect. And there is a famous thing that observe. Not everything that counts can be counted, and not everything that can be counted counts. This is attributed to Einstein, but it's not true. But what is important is a very true saying. Qualitative aspects are as important as quantitative aspects. Why? Because qualitative aspect is about the relationships. When you build strong, mutually profitable relationship, long-term relationship with different stakeholders, this business is a naturally thriving. No doubt that this business will thrive because all stakeholders will support this company. On the contrary, when you only focus on profits and you focus on profit by all means, you tend to dismiss relationship with different stakeholders. You tend to exploit employees. You tend to, in some cases, behave in a deceptive manner with customers. You tend to, in some cases, look for win-lose agreement with business partners. And obviously, this relationship tends to break up, and this will affect the, the economic result in a negative way. I fully agree. I always look for a win-win situation when I'm doing my production for podcasting. I look how, yes, they may not afford, be able to afford me like some of my clients, but then I work with them to figure out how can we work together to make sure that you survive and that you strive, and your podcast is number one. So I'm glad that there is scientific data done by you that can that actually supports it and there was another a former uh, former guest uh, dr kelly henry he uh, he considers him the customer service doctor and he helps businesses increase the customer service because they he sees like you have when your customer service increases the customer is happy the business thrives the employees are more happy and you have that ability to pay your employees a bit more so they feel their level of life is better and they come to work more happy I agree, I agree. In the book, I, I devoted the full chapter about customer. I, I, compassion, uh, I use the word in the book, love. And many people felt surprised when I gave some talk to entrepreneurs. They asked me, why you use the word love? Are you talking about sentiment, sentimental aspect of love? In the book, I use the word love in a much wider perspective, from a much more wider perspective. It's a humanistic aspect of love that can be applied to business. And love in this context implies empathy, generosity, gratitude, compassion, camaraderie, care, and this can apply to business relationship and non-business one because they have characteristics in common. The characteristic in common is that business relationship and non-business ones are about people. Will you foster a relationship with people and also you look for mutual satisfaction of needs. Only relationship can uh, thrive when the needs of both parties are satisfied. Taking into account the case of customer, what I observe that many companies focus only 
on the selling mode. They try to sell, they try to sell, they try to offer their product, promote. I they don't think so much about customers. What I will always advise companies to do is to switch from the selling mode to the serving mode. Selling to serving. And service doesn't mean servitude. What we are talking about here is adding value. In the, in the sales interaction, the most important party is the customer. They are coming to you for you to solve a problem, for you to add value. You are the expert, you know your product, your service well, but they know well about themselves. So you have to combine the knowledge of your products, the knowledge of your products that in some cases you produce or you bought to resell, and your service too, with the knowledge of customer about themselves, their needs that are unsatisfied, the latent need that they might have regarding a product and service. And they try to, you have to tr try to look for the best product for them. So what I observe that many companies focus on themselves and they don't look for the best product for the customer. Instead, they look for the best product for the company, the one that generate more profits, the one that, for example, will bring about the higher commission for the sell people. And this is not the best way to serve customer. I always tell my clients, when you're dealing with a customer, always under-promise and over-deliver. What do I mean by this? You have to be humble. You don't have to exaggerate your claims. You don't have to exaggerate your uh, offerings. Be humble, truthful, and straightforward. And then try to surprise customer in a positive way. For example, if you are selling a computer to this customer and this customer, you try to look for the best computer for them, but then try to offer delivery free or a computer course free or a, like a repair free. Try to create a positive imbalance because when you give more than the customer expect, you are creating a, an imbalance that customer will feel compelled to reciprocate. And in some cases, the customer won't feel only satisfied. They will feel delighted. You will exceed customer expectation. And as a consequence of this, the customer might feel indebted with you and might not only come back to your company, might, might recommend your company to other potential customer, might, might become like the, the positive ambassador for your brand, might leave positive reviews online. The opposite happens when you do not satisfy customer needs. You don't even satisfy the basic customer need and try to manipulate customers. They try, you try then to force them to buy something that they do not need. This customer might feel resentful and regretful. Mm -hmm. And they might buy the product, but then they might leave negative reviews. They might or not they come back. buyer's remorse. Uh, the buyer remorse, exactly. And also uh, we call uh, this cognitive dissonance in marketing. This means that customers feel that their buying was incongruent with their values, their beliefs, and they might leave negative reviews online and will, might push other customers that might come to your company away. So bringing about a customer satisfaction and also delight, customer delight that is even better than satisfaction, bring about not only long-term clients, long-term customers, but also new customers that are recommended by this customer. So this is switching from the Selling mode to serving mode. How do I know if I'm in the selling mode if I am thinking about myself as a company? How do I know if I am the serving mode if I'm thinking about customer? What are their needs? What is the, the best product for them? 
what the what are they fearful of or about what what are what are the main concerns what problem do they have and how can i solve these problems in a, in the best way possible so always thinking about them and try not to categorize i like the concept of segmentation this means classifying customers in group for example teenagers like a, a 16 to 18 female group this is very well using marketing but what i always tell my client that every customer even they can belong to certain demographics or certain psychographical groups they are unique mm -hmm. they can belong to a group they might have some average characteristic of this group but then you have to discover the uniqueness of this customer what what are the the, the, the unique problems the distinctive issues that are affecting this customer this means engaging in conversation with customer and try to avoid I see this a lot in business. Try to avoid this scripted uh, conversation where the, the seller is repeating words in a mechanical way mm -hmm. and the conversation becomes mechanical and uh, meaningless and customers discover that they are reciting a script and they are not really interested in satisfying their needs. Try to be natural. There is a full a chapter in the book about natural conversation in business. Natural. Try to talk about their fears Try also to give example of customer that could be in similar situation. Also, their, your, your own experience. In some cases, sellers talk about their own experience. Try to connect on an emotional, mental uh, level. So not only try to offer your product, but try to bring about a relationship with this customer. I, I, I love how you're, you're touching on this because a previous interview that we did in the season, one of the uh, my guest uh, Kyle Slaymaker, he was a salesman for a car shop, and he had this. He tells the story about how a, an older lady comes into the shop. She had just lost her husband a few weeks ago with their driving the only car. He was in a car accident. He passed away, and, he, and she was she didn't want to get a. She was still dealing with the emotions of losing her husband, and Kyle went ahead and got the car for her, like. At base price, the, co the company actually lost money selling this car. However, the, the daughter and the son-in-law, after they brought her back to the, uh, their car and to bring her home, they came back and asked for two cars fully loaded from Kyle because he showed so much compassion, so much empathy mm -hmm. towards the, the, the mother that they, they felt the need to reciprocate by saying, look, you helped us. You helped my mother so much. I want to help you here. Let's get two cars because we are looking for it. So like you said, the reciprocity, the, the indebtedness, not necessarily in debt, but they want to pay back because they felt so warm and happy. And of course, he did, he, uh, he did end up getting better reviews from those people when they, they went out and got more, they, they showed off their cars. I, a beautiful example. And, and we have to understand that customers are not only looking for a product or a service. The differentiated factor in any business activity is the relationship. If you have product A and B that look very similar with similar price, the differentiating point, that means that they look like commodities, no differentiation point between them. The differentiating point will be the relationship that you will with this customer. And you see it because you have a context of hyper-competition in any category, you have countless products, countless competitors. It's good to bear in mind that the differentiating factor is the, the relationship and how you bring about this relationship because it sounds like a bit theoretical. It's very simple. We have what we call in marketing touch points. Touch points is any interaction that you have with the customer. Could be interaction in person, could be interaction, for example, like through a video conference, could be through the website, could be the customer that is interacting with the company in the in the 
for social example, media. shop, shop, so, store, social media, any type of interaction, virtual or offline. Each of these interactions should, in order to foster a, a positive long-term relationship with customers, should bring about positive emotion. Because according to research, most of the decision, I would say 100% of the decision to be much more precise, uh, have an emotional basis. We make decision on an emotional basis and then we rationalize in hindsight. We, we think that we have some arguments or some reason to make, but in practice, most of the decision according to research are emotionally based, even organizational decisions. So this means that when you bring about positive emotion in any touch point, we're talking about before the customer buy the product, during the buying process and, and post-purchase, this customer will feel emotionally, uh, the, the, the emotion will be enhanced, will feel good. What is customer satisfaction? Positive emotion that are experienced by customer. And this shouldn't be only when customer buy the product. Before, during, and post-purchase. This means that when you bring about this positive emotion in customer, this customer is more prone to feel some commitment and commitment bring about in, in the long term, medium long term loyalty. And when customer feel positive emotions, customer associate this positive emotion to your company and to your product. The opposite happens when customer feel negative emotion. What are the example of customer feeling negative emotion? When customer buy a product, call the company and the company is keeping the customer on hold on the phone for half an hour with the music, annoying music. And this customer is waiting for someone to uh, listen to their complaints and at the end uh, gave up and also they don't talk to this company, this customer will feel anger, will feel angry, will feel regretful. These are negative emotion and this negative emotion uh, prompt customer to act in a negative way. For example, leaving negative reviews, telling their friends that please do not buy from this company because they are not supporting customer at all. So emotion is key. And it's very important for companies to bear in mind that every touch point counts. For example, if the customer is looking on a website and they don't find the information or the information that they find on the website, for example, the price of the product, is incongruent with the price that they receive by email. So on the website says five pounds and by email they said four pound 50. What is the right price? This might, anything can bring about negative emotions. So we have to be very careful. And this applies for online and offline. I always tell uh, my clients that, for example, some companies that are fully online, that have most of their activity, like, a, for example, online platform, they should have a human connection with customers. They should have, for example, a helpline so that customers cannot only send emails to, uh, to have their complaint listened, but also can talk to a real person to, to have their complaint listened by a real person, not by a bot, but a real person that can create this human connection, this uh, emotional and mental bond with the customers. I, I fully agree. And I, I like how you are showing the research that this is necessary for businesses to take in the human, because I feel the last about 20 years, the human connection in business has been driven out because more people, more businesses are thinking about profit, 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 and not about the human connection that is necessary to help drive that profit up. And I, I'm seeing a turn now with the new generation coming into the business's world looking for this and having you on the podcast showing 
that it is a key, it is, should be part of the KPIs of businesses that they have the human connection, you know, the human element, the compassion, the love for this, and as well the three Ps that you mentioned earlier. I think that is super important, especially to the next generation that's coming up, because we were built on compassion. We were built to share and help people. And so you're showing that businesses need to pivot to that to be, oh, yeah. to take it to the next level. I agree. I agree. And also, what are other ways for a, a company to be more compassionate with customer, for example? Well, a very simple way to be compassionate with customer is to be grateful. I talk about gratefulness or gratitude a lot in the book. There is a full chapter of, on gratitude. And there is a lot of research on gratitude for business activity and non-business activities. How you can be grateful? Very simple. If the customer came to your company and they bought a product or they bought a product online, you send a thank you note, a personalized thank you note, uh, being grateful for their, their purchase, their custom. So this will be important. But also, even when the customer didn't buy any product, you can be grateful too, in person or uh, with a note, if you have the information about this customer. Why? Because you are valuing their time. When you are appreciating customer time, customer uh, effort to come to your company, well, customer also experience this positive emotion are more prone to come back Maybe in this opportunity, they didn't find any product, but they might remember your company. They might come back if necessary. But also being grateful for customer feedback. I always tell my clients that feedback from customer, especially negative feedback, is gold. It's gold like the metal, the precious metal. Why? Many companies feel annoyed every time that they receive customer feedback that is apparently negative. They, for example, customers that are complaining, why is so important the feedback from the company perspective? Because it's free research. When a company receives negative feedback on a continuous basis from different customers, this means that companies have to pay attention. What is going on here? Why customers are complaining? They say that the product breaks down very easily, or they say that the packaging is in, doesn't arrive in good condition. What can we improve? Can we have a cross-departmental means a meeting, a cross-departmental meeting is a meeting with different representatives of the company's department, marketing department, production department, administrative department. Can we have a cross-departmental meeting to brainstorm, to generate new ideas, to see what is going on that all these customers are complaining about these issues? Can we improve? Can we offer better value? Are we doing something wrong? This is free research because customers are the user and they are the best to give you any opinion about your product and services. And the product should be customer-oriented. You are not creating product for your company. At the end, the final recipient of your product will be customer. If you are not adding value to your customer, competitors will do. So how, how can we interpret this negative feedback? I always say that feedback is always constructive because even when customer might complain, might leave negative reviews, companies can learn and not only they can improve their product, they can generate innovative products. Supposing that the customer said that the product is too small for them to handle and it's very unwieldy. Well, can we develop a bigger product for these customers? Why? Because they are continually complaining that there is too, this is a too small. So can we bring about, can we produce a new product? Will this be too costly? Can we keep the quality levels to, to produce a new product? So it's free research. Many companies invest a lot on research. And here you have the free research that comes from feedback, from reviews. And also, I always tell 
my clients to check also complaints that are uh, set to competitor product in relation to competitor product. What are customer complaints about their competitors? Uh, can we take this complaint into account too as free research and improve our product even more? Even customer might be satisfied with our product. There is always in business room for improvement regarding quality, design, material to be used, delivery, and uh, customer feedback, customer complaint, customer reviews are very positive information for companies to become much more innovative, more creative, and to add more value to customers. I, this is, I, I'm so thankful that you're on the podcast. I'm learning, so, one, I'm learning so much, and it's confirming my beliefs in that the people, gen, that businesses can learn so much from the feedback from their customers, and be it positive or negative, and only looking at one side of the, uh, the reviews it won't better your company. It only will just lavish yourself in the ego instead of looking at what, how you can become better. And that actually goes into uh, what I, one of the questions. Uh, what would you consider your favorite failure? And you answered all failures are good because they have a learning experience. And I, I would love for you to expand on that if you don't mind. Yes, yes. I would say that uh, I won't call it failure. I will call it learning process. In the past, I have been advising company for nearly 20 years. At the beginning, I start working on companies uh, in the area of international marketing and international trade. This was the traditional way of consultancy. For example, developing a strategy, developing tactics, uh, market, marketing research, international negotiation, all the basic aspects of business, but applied to the international arena. And, and I, I say that I felt very satisfied from the economic and professional perspective delivering this type of service. I'm still delivering these services nowadays, but I observed that this was a very limited view of business, as we observed before. Why? Because we were focusing only on companies improving their economic parameters, economic indicator, becoming more profitable, entering new markets, new market share, diversifying markets, diversifying their products, getting higher objectives achieved. But in practice, what I observed over the last few years, I started also delivering alongside this traditional business activity, much more uh, in integrative or integrative activities, which include not only the traditional aspect of business, but also some training on what we call uh, soft skills on non-traditional aspect of business that include motivation at work, or for example, building a positive relationship with customers or a for example, delivering a, a good a customer service or a building up a positive workplace. And I feel that this complement the other aspect that I was delivering before this, the business aspect. Here we're talking about a, what we call a much more relational aspect of human aspect of business. And I felt that even a, I couldn't do this at the beginning because probably 20 years ago, I wasn't aware of this relevant aspect. Over time, I discovered the importance Companies, what I discovered in simple words, that company can be profitable and human-oriented at the same time and can even become more profitable when they are human-oriented. Why? Because there is a lot of research also, and I saw in practice, that when companies are human-oriented, they have a much more meaningful mission, business mission. They are in the market not only to make profits. They are in the market to bring about a better world for everyone involved, directly or indirectly in business. And this type of company that focus on this triple bottom line, profit, people, planet, 
they also have a better brand image. They are not uh, perceived by the market as manipulative or uh, deceitful, uh, deceptive or deceitful companies, but they are much more perceived as with a positive image. They are also they becoming a magnet for talented people. Everyone wants to work for this company and people feel satisfied when working for this company and customers feel identified with this company. Customers uh, are very pleased to promote this company unconditionally. And when the companies are focusing on economic aspects, social aspects, and environmental aspects, even when this company might make some mistake, like any company must uh, make in practice mm -hmm. once in a while, these customers are more forgiving. Why? Because they know that companies care for people. Instead, when the companies only focus on the bottom line, customers tend to be much more unforgiving. Why? The company makes a mistake. You say, oh, of course, it's a manipulative company. They're only thinking about profit. So focusing on a wider aspect of business, my experience as a consultant told me that, uh, as a learning experience, that companies tend to be much more connected to customers and their brand image tend to be enhanced and more people want to be there, and customers tend to support these companies in a much more unconditional way. The opposite happens with a company that is only focused on the economic aspect of business. No, I, I, and you can see it uh, in uh, not just in business, but also with certain events with uh, individuals in the social world when they're perceived to be manipulative and hurtful. Whenever there is this negative thing comes out, they end up taking a, their image and their brand end up taking this hard hit. So I love how that is, you've, you've had the studies showing that it can happen to both individuals and businesses when they're not aligned properly, they're not congruent with uh, the, 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 the three Ps, which is the planet, the people, and the profit. The, if you put profits above everything, you'll end up hurting everybody else. Yes, and also uh, there is a very important principle that I mentioned in a full chapter in the book that is the principle of generosity. Many companies are continually focusing on getting, getting more profit, getting more market share, getting more sales. They are focusing on themselves, getting, obtaining, achieving, attaining, many, many synonyms that you can use for this. Instead of giving, you can say, oh, but if company give, they won't get any profit. On the contrary, when you give, you generate the positive cycle. And when talking about giving in business, we're not talking about only economic aspect or tangible aspect. Let's give an example. Uh, you can give tangible items or tangible aspect. For example, if you are giving customer, you're giving a discount. This will be a very specific tangible aspect with economic impact to this customer. So the product was 10, you sell the product 9, you're giving a discount. But you can give intangible things. For example, you can give customer advice, supposing that your company doesn't have the right product for this customer. If you're acting in a compassionate way, you won't force this customer to buy any product from your company. Instead, you will say, you know what, we don't have this product. Now, it's a pity, sorry, but we can recommend you a company that you should go. It's our competing company, but that they're very good and I think that they can uh, help you with this, you're giving advice and customer appreciate this advice, this support and customer, even you're referring to a potential competing company, customer appreciate your truthful advice and I'm surely that they will come back when they need a product that you can offer to them. But instead, when you try to get 
the sale, you try to close the sale. I don't like when they talk about customer retention. I am a marketer, but it's a concept that I don't really, and you can't retain customers. You can never retain customers. They will be there by your company if you satisfy their needs. If you don't satisfy their needs, there won't be any technique that can retain them. They will switch immediately in the medium term from your company to other companies. Instead, when you are giving, giving advice, giving support, giving good customer service, providing them with the best information, try to avoid contracts that have fine print because this is the opposite to giving. This is hiding. You are, uh, many companies are using contracts with high, fine print and then customers sign and say, what did I sign? Giving the best opportunity, give the best offers and also giving something free also. Remember that you have to exceed customer expectation. If you are selling a computer, you sell the, the computer and you give free a training course or you give the delivery free. And this is what customers appreciate because when you give, customers again feel indebted and try to reciprocate. Customers, when they when they feel that they, they are appreciated, and because you are generous with them, this applies to customers and apply to other stakeholders like employees, community, and so on. Uh, they tend to connect to your company in a much more meaningful way. Instead, when they feel that you are only focused on yourself getting more profit, getting the best product with a higher profit, the best commission. Well, this customer might feel, okay, this is not about me. They're not trying to serve me. Let's look for a company that is more interested in me. Because at the end, who is generating profit for this company? Customer. For most companies, the most important source of income is customer. If you don't care for the most important source of income, other companies will do. Many companies forget this. The most important source of income for any company is customer. Why don't you treat them as, as they are, the, the most important uh, part in this interaction? We don't have to treat them in a negative way. On the contrary, we have to serve them in the best way so that by fostering this relationship, you at the end, you will be fostering not only the relationship, but you will be bringing about positive results for your company. I this is a, an amazing interview. I was not expecting to learn so much from uh, from you, Bruno. I, I I'm, I'm flabbergasted because I normally I'm flowing with questions, but I, just the amount of knowledge that you're sharing with us and helping business owners and entrepreneurs with your your book. I want to give you a, a chance uh, right now to uh, just let my guests, my audience, know where they can find you more about your book if you will. Uh, actually, what is the name of your book and where can they find it, actually? The name of the book is The Art of Compassionate Business. This is the title. And the subtitle is uh, Main Principles for the Human-Oriented Enterprise. You can find online The Art of Compassionate Business in any bookshop, online and offline. It's a best-selling book. It's sold worldwide and was published by Ruth Lease 2019. You have different uh, versions, hardback, uh, backpack, and also, well, ebook and uh, it's a very beautiful book and I've, i feel that this is could be a value for your listener it's a result of more than three years research with a lot of examples and also easy to apply tips and techniques that can be useful for any type of company small medium-sized company of any sector even if you are working for a company or you have your own company the book could be of value and it can be found online and they can find me also on linkedin that i have uh, many followers is easy 
to find me on LinkedIn. This is the, the most important. And my website is brunosignaco.com, www.brunosignaco.com or www.humanorientedenterprise.com. Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, Bruno, just before we uh, end the episode here, I always like to ask uh, my, my guests uh, uh, a final question regarding uh, a book that they would suggest to anybody who's starting in the entrepreneur world, the business world, apart from your own, obviously. Uh, I'm definitely going to be picking up your book as soon as uh, I, we get off this. I probably will order it. Uh, but what is uh, a book that you would suggest that entrepreneurs or business owners pick up that can help them uh, move on or get into the space of businesses or compassionate businesses? Well, well, there are many books. Uh, I will say that uh, I like a, a, a book, any book from Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey is an author that has published many books. Any book from Stephen Covey will be good. You have books about a, a principle of success or building relationship. Check Stephen Covey. Uh, I think that he's a legendary management guru and marketing uh, expert this could be a very good choice for any listener excellent so bruno once again i'm going to just jump off here let let my followers and the audience know where they can find you if they're more interested in learning from you and picking up your book uh, they can find me on LinkedIn if you, they want i have twenty thousand followers and also they can also uh, google my name they can find my book on any uh, bookshop online or offline, and also the title of the book is The Art of Compassionate Business, published by Ruth Leach, 2019. Thank you. Excellent. Once again, Bruno, thank you so much for sharing uh, your immense knowledge and your research that you spent years doing on create uh, what compassion business, compassionate businesses can do. Um, I'm I'm tongue-tied because there's so much gold in this episode. And again, my thanks to you for sh staying. I know it's a little late from where you are, but I, I thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Phil, for your invite. I, I, I feel very honored and uh, really appreciate your invite. Thank you very much. Sure. It was a very, very nice conversation. Thank you. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you got so much value from it. I do have a small favor to ask of you. If you could all just go over to our Instagram page, that's at investingyourselfpod. Just go over there, like the most recent episode or the episode that you listened to. Maybe leave a comment of what you took away from the episode. And make sure you follow us for all the latest episodes coming up. I thank you so much for just listening to the podcast. You guys make it 